Are you hungry? What, what are you hungry for? We can be hungry for lots of different things. We can be hungry for success. We can be hungry for things that just don't seem to satisfy. There are times I'll go into my fridge, I'll open it up, and I look and all this food and nothing makes me hungry. It seems to satisfy. Be hungry for answers, for truth. Lots of different things we can be hungry for. We can be hungry for right things. We can be hungry for wrong things. Christopher was hungry. Christopher was a young man in his 20s at church that I pastored. Big, burly, weightlifting electrician. He and his girlfriend came to the church, and he always kind of found his way into my office throughout the week, asking questions just about kind of like, why are they struggling in their relationship? Why was he having all these parenting things? Why couldn't he ever just seem to be satisfied with life? One of those days that he wound up, you can, wound in my office, you could just kind of see the weariness of life that just kind of gotten to him. And so we're talking about different things, and I had a couple of books on parenting that I kind of referenced. I kind of said, here, try these. He just dismissed them, said, this isn't going to help. So I built up some courage. I looked at him, and I said, if you're truly going to be satisfied in life, if you truly want this, what you need is... You need a relationship with Christ. And he just stared at me. This big, burly, bigger than me, big, burly, weightlifting guy just stared at me across my desk. No emotion whatsoever. Silence. Kind of pushes away from the table we're sitting at, stands up, looks at me, and just goes, I need to go to the bathroom. (laughs) He leaves, and as he leaves, I'm thinking, you know, I've seen those movies. I've seen those movies where, like, there's a meeting or something kind of taking place, and a person gets up, they leave, they go to the bathroom, they come back with a weapon of some kind, and they come back and they do some damage. (laughs) And, And so now I'm thinking, like, Does my wife know I love her? (laughs) What is the quickest way out of my office? How can I get out of here? Before I realize that he's back in my office. Still, same non-emotion face staring at me. I haven't even sat down. I'm still standing up in my office as he walked in. He looks at me and he goes, what do I need to do to begin this relationship with Christ? We're at the church and so we went to the sanctuary and we pray, we go to the altar, we pray just this raw prayer. After we said amen, his, his response was even more raw. 
I made sure he had a Bible and he kind of, as he was leaving, I said, make sure you tell your girlfriend what happened. Make sure you tell some people what just took place. And he left and out he went. The next Sunday I saw him, Christopher was different. You could see it in his disposition. You could see it in, the, in his eyes. You could see it in everything that was about him. He would come up to me and he'd start saying things like, did you know this was in the Bible? I go, yeah. He's like, do you realize what it says? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I didn't know that. I had no clue. He's like, wait, you mean this is like connected with the New Testament and this Old Testament? They're connected? Yeah. Whoa! He's asking questions. He was devouring. He was devouring the Word of God. Christopher was hungry. And he was hungry for God's Word. Compare Christopher, though, with the people that the Barna Group surveyed. They asked the question, they said, does the Bible contain everything a person needs to live a meaningful life? In 2011, they asked that question, 53% of the people said yes. The Bible contains everything a person needs to live a meaningful life. 2011, 53%. Same question, 2016, 45%. Or the most recent survey that the Barner Group conducted, the results came back that 58%, more than half the people that they surveyed say, I wish, I wish that I could read my Bible more. I want to read my Bible more. 58%, I want to read my Bible more. That same group, 67% said, it's still the same as it was last year. I want to read it, and yet it's the same. So what, why, why the difference? Why, why the difference between the Christophers and these others? Why do we not hunger for God's word? Where is that appetite for God's word? Perhaps it's, that, perhaps it's that we've lost passion and interest in it. It's possible. We've lost the passion and interest in scripture. Maybe we've gone from being like the, the newborn kid, right? The toddler who you, you put any new piece of food in front of them and they devour it. They just can't get enough of it. Every new piece of food you put, they're like, oh, let me get that. And that same kid then, you put the same piece of food in front of them a few years later, and what do they do? Ugh. This again? I got to eat this? I'm bored with this. I've already had this. So the spiritual food that God has put in front of us we're now complacent with. We're now looking at saying, ugh, this again? If you know me, you know me well, you know that 
I like to eat. I like to make food. I like to cook food. I like to eat food. I like to even go out to a restaurant and eat food. I savor the opportunity when I can kind of go out to a restaurant because here's the thing. I don't have to do anything, right? I go to the restaurant and the cook, the chef, they prepare it and they give it to me. I mean, after all, they went to school for this, right? They've got knowledge about ingredients and all the different things that can kind of to go well. They know things like how you can put crispy cooked bacon on a caramel-covered cheesecake and how it just tastes so good. I have no role whatsoever other than what? To consume, to eat. Is it possible that we go out to eat a little too much with our spiritual life? We leave it to the professionals. We allow them to just hand us the food and we just eat it. And we do this so often that we actually forget. We forget how to make food on our own. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's that we are just so full of the fast food fixes of spiritual satisfaction. Why make something on my own when I can just kind of ask somebody real quickly? Why go into God's word when I can just kind of look on social media and find a nice meme that will kind of fit what I need? Why go into God's word when I can listen to my favorite Christian speaker or author and who've already done the heavy lifting, I can just list what they've kind of said and be like, oh, that's good. I'll take that. Or I can listen to my favorite news show or media pundit and they can kind of give to me what I think I need of spiritual food. Now, some of these things I'm talking about, you're going to be like, well, that's not bad to read a Christian. No, it's not. Some of these things are not bad. It's just that over time, what we realize is we're just, we're undernourished. It just doesn't satisfy. Maybe that's what it is. Because here's the thing. I, I truly believe, I truly believe if, if that, if, what I'm just kind of talking about, if that's really the case, I really believe we don't want to stay there. I believe that. I mean, we've got, I mean, we've got books that pe people are buying books on how to like re-engage the Bible, how to grow a passion for God's word again. I mean, Christians are buying these kinds of books. So I got to believe that we really don't want to stay there. We want to go back to kind of having that fervor, that passion, that like Christopher I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise my hand on this one even before, even before I ask this question, okay? So my hand's up. Last week, Pastor Steve kind of, he gave a message, kind of talking, kind of kick-started this whole series on the Spirit. Anybody, like, at the end just kind of feel like, do I have the Spirit? Is it, is it present within me? 
do I have it? Am I a Christian? He kind of said amen, and you're just kind of like, um, what am I supposed to do now? Anybody? Nope, just me? Okay. Well, this message is just for me then. The rest of you guys can just kind of like chill out for the next couple minutes. This is just for me then. Because here's the thing. That was supposed to happen. That kind of like ugh, disruption in our heart and our mind, that was supposed to happen. That was a call upon us, as it says in 2 Corinthians, that we, are, that we are supposed to examine ourselves. We are supposed to see whether or not we are in the faith. Test yourselves. We're looking at whether or not we can look at our life and we can see these Holy Spirit dispositions. Can we see this inherent evidence that the Spirit is present in our life and that it's growing and that it's maturing and it's making its way and it's showing itself in and through who we are. That's what we're talking about. That's the examination that we need to do. This week, our examination looks at do we have an appetite? Are we hungry? Are we hungry for God's word? Are we passionate for it? Are we devouring it up? So the text that we heard read by, by Ben and Kathy, they, they, it's talking about the Spirit and its presence in our life. And so Christ, he said this, the advocate is coming, the Spirit is coming, right? And it's going to, to teach you and cause you to remember what, what, what has been said. That's the work of the Spirit that's going to happen in our life, to teach and cause us to remember. And Paul went on to say in, in 1 Corinthians, he said, now, now you have eyes that can see, ears that can hear, a mind that can conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. Right? That's, that's the text that we're looking at. That's, that's the activity. That's the disposition that we are looking at. Is that present? Is that present in our life? We talked about some of the things that can get in the way of this activity. But there's also things that we can actually do to kind of re-engage this activity. Right? Just as there's obstacles that get in the way of the Spirit, what the Spirit's doing, there's also things that we can practice. One of these is this. If you... We might, we might we have to do a detox. We might have to kind of do a detox. Because if Paul and Christ are correct, we've been settling for these fast food fixes and we have access to the most well-balanced, nutritious, spiritual food that we can ever be given from the creator of the elements needed to make that meal with the one who's within us and inside of us that can actually help discern what we need when we need it. If Paul and Christ are correct, which I think they are, then we've got to get rid of all that other junk and realize what we have. So if you, if you, if you do a detox... You, you, you get rid of the stuff, right? What does that then mean you have to do? 
You got to put good stuff in. You got to put good stuff back in, which means that we're going to actually have to, we're going to have to self-feed. We're going to have to do what's called, engage in what's called the discipline of devotional reading. Yes, it's a discipline. And we've got to engage in this discipline. Going into scripture on our own. Going into it, asking questions like, um, what, what have I never noticed before? Or, uh, what, what does this teach me about God? What word should I take with me to ponder? We're going to have to engage in a discipline. If we've not done that, we're going to need to start. Well, Alex, I've, I've actually done that. I actually do practice this discipline. I, I am engaging in this discipline. I've been doing it for quite some time. Well, another thing that we can do is we might have to try something different. You just told me, no, 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 hear me out. We might have to engage the discipline a little different. Say, say your discipline that you're kind of going about your Bible reading, say you're you're kind of once a week. Once a week, you'll kind of like devour a big chunk of scripture. Well, if that's been your practice for so many years, try something different. Try, try every day, a little bit at a time. Or if you're like, no, my discipline is every single day I get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, I read this Bible, read this passage, every day that's what I do. I've been doing that for the last 500 years. Well, Maybe try once a week. Engage that discipline once a week, a big chunk of scripture. Maybe slow down what you're reading. Meditate more. We're talking about home-cooked meals. We're not talking about just running through the drive-thru and just grabbing something. It's going to take time. We might need to try something different. Okay, so those, those few activities like the detox, the self-feeding, try something different, that, that, that's something that we can do ourselves. That's something that we can do, we can practice that's for ourselves in our, it kind of like helping us to self-feed. Better engage personally with that. These next two though, this is something that we do though, it's not just for us though, it's something that we do with the community. So as you're engaging in this discipline, as you're engaging in this practice, talk about it with somebody. Talk about it with somebody. There's a person in our church who will spend time, they'll, they'll dive into scripture, they journal it, they're asking those same kind of questions we said earlier, they're writing down their thoughts, the thoughts that they believe that God is saying, the Spirit's revealing, they're writing it down, they, big, huge, right, big journal, then they make an appointment with a pastor and they go in and they say, here, this is what I think is going on. This is what I think the Spirit is sharing. What do you think? And then what comes out of that meeting is not necessarily an answer to a question of what should I do with my life. What happens at the end of that meeting is that that person was sent back into Scripture. See, that's the difference. Going to somebody and just saying, help me, under, help me with what I should do, or 
hey, this is what Scripture's revealing. Can I share that with you? Do you see it? Do you see the difference? And here's the other thing. Some of us need to remember. Some of us need to remember. We've been doing this discipline, as I said, for 500 years. And we're, not, we're, we're over here. We've been engaging in this discipline for so long, for so much time. We've gone through adjustments. We have been practicing this. And we go over here, and, here, and here's, here's the Christophers, right? Here's Christopher, just got started, can't get enough of it. Oh my goodness, my, what's going on? And then right over here is somebody who's never engaged in it whatsoever. They're like, discipline of devotional reading, what? Never tried it. So what it would be like to actually kind of put together people who are here, who are here, and over here. You put those people in the same room in the same group together and you start sharing what it is that you're finding out. And all of a sudden, this group over here is being reminded as to what, what it's like to be over there. They're remembering the passion, the fervor. And this group over here of people, the Christophers, are looking over here and saying, my goodness, is that what it's like to be in it for the long haul? I can do that. And they also know that this group over here also knows that when they've kind of been doing it for the long haul, there's these little ebbs and flows that kind of happen in your life, happen in your spiritual devotional journey. And this group has no idea what's about to come, and so you get them in this same room over here. Do you see what I'm talking about? Somebody say yes. Okay. Putting these two people, putting these groups together, you build off of one another. And you start to see that the Bible is not just this resource. It's not just this book that we just kind of tuck up on the shelf. We kind of just bring it out when we, we're trying to find an answer. It's not just this book that we leave up there because only the Bible scholars, only those who know the original language, they know the, the context of what's being written, who it's written to. Oh, there's no the professionals. Not just leave it for them. No, this book, this Bible, God's word, this is, this is for us. All of us. We need to engage it. Thomas Carlyle said that the Bible is the truest utterance that ever came by alphabetic letters from the soul of man through which, as, though, as through a window divinely opened, all men can look into the stillness of eternity and discern in glimpses their far distant, long forgotten home. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Whoa, time, time out, Alex. Time out. Is this whole message then just about Bible reading? Is that what we're talking about? Because here's the thing. Alex, I, I own a Bible. I read my Bible. But, but there's, there's just, I, I don't know, there's just something different. I, maybe I'm missing something. Am, am, I, am I that one of those people that, that, that Paul was referencing in 1 Corinthians that they just can't get it? I don't want to go down that path, Alex, if that's the case. What, what, what is it then? 
Because it's got to be more than just this, this whole idea of, of just reading my Bible. Maybe it's what Eugene Peterson said. It's not that Christians don't own and read their Bibles. And not that Christians don't believe their Bibles are the word of God. What is neglected is reading the scriptures formatively. Reading in order to live. I would add, reading the scriptures in order to be sustained. To be transformed. Catch this. This, this, this message, this, this is not about, this is not a message on the discipline of Bible reading. There's not many people I know who like discipline for discipline's sake. Discipline takes hard work, sacrifice, blood, sweat, tears. It takes time. No, this isn't a message on the discipline of Bible reading. No, this is a message on what comes out of it? Do you have a hunger? Do you have an appetite for God's revealed word? The living, active word that comes from the word. Kathy and Ben, they, they, they read it earlier, and, and we, we may have actually even missed it when we heard it being read and even throughout, but because the key, because the key is what is residing within us, the key to that aspect, the key to that transformative reading, that sustained living, that formative living, the key is what resides within us. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. Start with verse 11. Look at it again. I think it's going to go on the screen here. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This is the key. Okay? This is the key. We have... Right? If I'm understanding this correctly, we have the Spirit. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, just like no one knows the thoughts of man except the man's Spirit within him. You have been given what? You have been given God's Spirit, which means we can know what God knows. What? We can know God's thoughts. Okay, try like this. So, every time, every time that we, imagine this is like, this is the storehouse, this is the storehouse of our devotional reading. Okay, this is, this is the storehouse. Every time we engage in this discipline devotional reading, this, this is like our storehouse. And so every time we engage in this discipline, and we go, to the, go, back, go back to the questions, we say things like, what, what is one word that I should take with me? What the Spirit does is go, here. 
comes out of the devotional reading, comes out of this discipline, what the Spirit is giving to us are these thoughts of God. Now, notice, it doesn't say the Spirit gives us everything that we can possibly know and imagine about God, right? No. It says it gives us God's thoughts, the things that we need at the moment when we need it. So as we keep engaging in this discipline, we, we keep getting this kind of the spiritual language into our thought life. It starts permeating who we are. That's the reason I said earlier, we got to do a detox. we got to give the Spirit some ample room to work with. Because every time we engage in it, the Spirit can do its work. And all of a sudden, this language is going into our storehouse. Our thoughts are now having God's thoughts. And it's a language. It's a spiritual language. It's God's language. Spiritual thoughts in spiritual words. And just, just as there's, you know, there's rules of language, right? There's rules, there's kind of these things that we just kind of need to know, like, right? I before E, except after. All right, we all know that one. And there's sight words. There's sight words that we just kind of we recognize, like, that's the word the. That's and. We just kind of know those things. It just kind of happens. We just recognize those things. There's some things that we just recognize that what the Spirit is conveying to and through us, we just kind of, we just know. Like, we can know that the messages and the words that the Spirit is going to reveal to us are, are it comes with Conviction. First Thessalonians said, uh, Paul was saying, our gospel is not our own. It comes with power, with the Spirit, and with conviction. We can know that what which the Spirit is revealing to us and giving to us are going to be the attributes of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We can know that what the Spirit is revealing to us it's not going to contradict anything that we've read in Scripture before. If Scripture's going like this, and what we're reading, all of a sudden we think, well, I think I have a word in the message that has me going over here. No! It's not going to contradict. Kind of recognize that. And the messages and the words that are being given, the Spirit has been sharing those same things with other people too not just for us. And so what we hunger for, what we have an appetite for, is what comes out of this. What comes out of this right here that only the Spirit can do. Because you see, this happened to Paul in, in the text that we were reading in 1 Corinthians. He, he bookended this, this passage we're looking at. It looks like it's a little bit from like the Old Testament on both ends. But here's the thing. No one really kind of knows yet what, what passage that he was referencing. They're like, well, it looks a little bit like this. It looks a little bit like this. They don't know because you know what Paul was doing? He was using spiritual language from the Old Testament. Conveying a thought from the Spirit. And so that's what we hunger for. What Paul was kind of showing us in 1 Corinthians is happening to us because... 
as we can engage in this discipline and we get these words, these kind of like, what is something I need to know? Now we find out what the Spirit does that only the Spirit can do is all of a sudden we are given the revealed Word of God. This, this right here, that is what we hunger for. The revealed word of God. That can only come by the Spirit. I've been asking this question throughout it, saying, are you hungry? What are you hungry for? I hope it's for the revealed word of God. even in the times that it doesn't make sense sometimes you just kind of have to allow the spirit to change it to make it what is for not just you but for those around you it's not just for our benefit it's for the benefit of others It transforms us. It makes us new. And when the Spirit does its work, our hunger grows. Reminded of an axe as Philip was going along the road, he encountered the Ethiopian eunuch. As Philip passed by, he heard the Ethiopian, he heard him reading scripture, he had no idea, and Philip kind of led by the Spirit, the questions that were asked. Philip was able to share with the Ethiopian the revealed word. And the eunuch was able to see the transformation that can take place through this word. How many of us, how many of us have been like Philip? where the Spirit has used what he has given to us at a given time. And how many of us have been like the eunuch? Where someone's come along and shared with us the revealed word. That is what we hunger for. And it's only something the Spirit can do through his word.